0: People are fed up. Uh, It is uh, the last days of Lukashenko regime, no matter what he does. People are resolute to get rid of this insane dictator.
1: Hi everyone, and welcome to part two of my backstory in Belarus. Incredible scenes from Eastern Europe's Belarus. Three days after the election, already 7,000 people arrested. Beatings, tortures, horrific situation. It's about freedom. People know President Alexander Lukashenko held a sham, fraudulent vote. If ballots were counted fairly, he would be out after 27 years of erratic autocratic rule. As a journalist, I've covered Russia and Eastern Europe for two decades. We all know that Belarus is one of those former Soviet countries where voting is political theater. The results never real, just as in Putin's Russia. Smoke and mirrors. On the street, tears and anger. She says we are all Belarusians. How is this possible? Fighting against your own people, this is not fair. Svetlana Tikanovskaya, the main opposition challenger, was detained and then fled to Lithuania, implying that she was given an impossible choice with threats to her children's safety. She only stood for president because her husband was jailed and she wanted free and fair elections. Her words after she was threatened and detained. Many of I know many will understand me, many will judge me, and many will begin to hate me. God forbid anyone faces the choices I have had to face. The EU will meet to sanction Belarus, maybe, but this is not the first election hijacked by Lukashenko. It's not the first time people have been beaten and locked up and tortured. But public outrage is across the country now. In 2010, almost the same thing happened on a smaller scale. And I want you to listen to the opposition candidate at that time, Andrei Sanikov, a former deputy foreign secretary for Belarus who dared to challenge Lukashenko. All right, joining me now from Warsaw, Poland, is Andrei Sanikov. Hello, Mr. Sanikov. Hello. You have a long, very tough story to tell because you were the deputy foreign minister of, of Belarus. Uh, You served under Lukashenko and then you ran against him uh, and you were brutally jailed. Tell me about it. Tell me about what happened. Uh, I
0: served under Shushkevich, who is the first head of independent Belarus. And I was in the foreign ministry long before Lukashenko was even known to the people in Belarus. He was uh, somebody that I never uh, knew. Uh, he was uh, somebody that uh, I thought first was very uh, most accidental politician in the the whole uh, Belarusian parliament at that time, including the communists. Uh, so I was I and I'm still uh, a career diplomat, and I worked for for Belarus. And uh, yes, then uh, Lukashenko. Uh, happened to be
1: elected he came. he came and he never left
0: he came and happened to be elected more or less democratically in 94.
1: and that was probably the first and last democratic election
0: that was first and last and it is not my words it's the assessment of the international community the only uh, international organization that is uh, has the authority to judge is the ordeer Office of Democratic Institutions and Human Rights, which belongs to the OEC, Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe.
1: All right. In 2010, I mean, he was no, he was no kitten at that point. He was known to be a tough leader. Why did you take the risk to run against him? What motivated you then, and what happened to you?
0: Well, uh, I took the risk to run against him in 96 not in 2010 when i stepped down as a deputy foreign minister and i wrote my uh, application uh, for for resignation uh, saying that i'm against his policy they tried to pressure me they tried to bribe me but uh, i was quite resolute because i wanted my country i knew what it was to be uh, a to, to serve an independent country, wanting it to be democratic. And then when this uh, person appeared, I, I couldn't uh, continue to, to work professionally. So yes, in 2010, I decided to run against him because uh, uh, it was, uh, I think, a uh, uh, turning point, point for Belarus. If you remember, there was a crisis, a uh, world economic crisis, starting in 2008. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the abilities of uh, Lukashenko to uh, run economy, it was clear that the Belarus will be in a horrible situation because he doesn't do anything. He, he claims that he understands the economy, he doesn't. All right. Claims that he, 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 he can cope with the economy, he doesn't. And uh, it was clear that the, the, the country was uh, in a catastrophic situation. So I, uh, it was not my personal decision. It was decision of my team, very professional team, which, by the way, included uh, the first head of state of Belarus, Stanislav Shushkevich. Uh, to, you to lost, the you mm-hmm. lost the election.
1: You lost the election. I'm not sure you no. really lost it, but the, the fix was in as it was in this election.
0: No, I didn't lose. Actually, I wouldn't say about myself, but we had a couple of strong candidates in the opposition and alternative candidates. And Lukashenko lost the election, but he claimed that he won the election.
1: Right. And you were were jailed?
0: Yes, I was thrown in jail uh, on the night of the election. For the first time, Lukashenko decided to attack us on the night of election because before that he did it. But after you uh, left I mean international observers and international press uh, cowards don't like publicity they they like to do it secretly mm-hmm. uh, but uh, in 2010 yes he attacked us on the night of election yes and not only me but uh, more than 1000 people were jailed
1: at that time were you how were you treated in prison how brutal a regime is this
0: it is a very brutal regime we were tortured we were uh, they had, they had special programs, as I learned from them at some stage. They had uh, the security institute that developed special programs for each opposition leader, uh, which were based on the psychological studies that they made in prison before that, uh, is dropping us and following us, and uh, uh, let's say sending their people. Uh, to, to spy on us and yes they were quite skillful in that and they were quite um, uh, uh, meticulous in uh, putting pressure on everybody.
1: What is he willing to do? You, you're seeing what's happening in the street now, he's chased his opposition, uh, he, he's either arrested them or intimidated them or, or physically attacked them or the main opposition leader now has fled to Lithuania. What, what is he capable of doing now as no, people no, are no, in the no, street no. And, they understand, and they understand that this election has been stolen from them?
0: Uh, I have to correct you. Uh, Svetlana Tsikhanovskaya is no opposition leader. She stood uh, against Lukashenko and she actually uh, replaced her husband who was thrown in jail, but she is no opposition leader. Never was and never will be.
1: Right. She was a very reluctant participant in the political yeah, process. Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. What she wants to do, uh, what he wants to do, you know, he, he has an experience of his relationship uh, with Russia and the, with the West. We, we call it the pendulum politics. When he tried to court the West uh, against Russia and court Putin against the West, and he is quite sure that this time he also will succeed that uh, eventually the West uh, will recognize him as de-facto leader and give him money. And you know, it is, it's been the story of his illegal rule through all these more than 20 years that the West uh, was uh, condemning, yes, uh, introducing some, some kind of sanctions which were very mild even compared to the sanctions as uh, uh, which the West introduced against russia and then they forgot it uh, because uh, the attention span is very short in the West uh, as regards Lukashenko, who is considered to be a petty dictator
1: all right let's let's I, I understand the eu is going to meet they're going to talk about it the u s has condemned it the eu 's got all sorts of problems with with Hungary who may veto anything that they attempt to do um, let's talk at just just your measure of the people in the street who, you know, up until now, a lot of people in, in Belarus have not been willing to go out and confront authorities. It seems like it's changed and it, things are not going to go back to normal again.
0: No, absolutely right. Uh, people are fed up. Uh, it is uh, the last days of Lukashenko regime, no matter what he does. And the reason for it is the, uh, his attitude towards COVID-19 because not only he denied it, that there is a pandemic, but he also behaved so arrogantly, trying to offend people and humiliate people. He made them exposed to the dangers by organizing military parades and everything. And then he started to, to accuse them of dying, you know, and people were fed up. People started to organize themselves. People started to organize the very broad and uh, strong uh, uh, volunteer movement, helping each other. And they saw that this guy is really despising them. He managed to achieve impossible. He managed to offend everybody in Belarus, all people in Belarus. And that's it. Uh, I I think that uh, no matter what he does today, no matter how much force he uses against the people, you see what's going on in the streets of, of, of Belarus. People are resolute to get rid of this insane dictator.
1: And are you worried for your people, between getting rid of him uh, and what may happen between now and then and how desperate he is?
0: Yeah, of course. And uh, that's why we, 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 we do need uh, help from our friends. We do need strong measures from democratic states, not just blabbering. They're still involved in, in studying the situation. It's not time to study because it's not happened on on Sunday. We have people thrown in prison and tortured there for two months already. There is an international convention against the tortures and nobody revokes it. And nobody wants to sanction Lukashenko's regime not because he stole against, uh, stole, have stolen, has stolen an election from us, but because he is torturing people in prison. It's a crime. It's a crime. It's an international crime. So I don't know what, what why... The West is so timid. Why the West is so uh, ignorant uh, that uh, Belarusians today defend democratic values?
1: Andrei Senekov, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's, it's really important to talk to you and to hear you. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, There. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lukashenko has called protesters criminals who are out of work and need a job. He has claimed victory and set police on demonstrators. We will see if Belarusians will swallow this bitter pill, or this time, Lukashenko may not be able to contain the unrest. That's this edition of Backstory. Please let us know how you feel about the podcast. And please share it and subscribe so you get all of our editions. We normally put podcasts out on Friday, but sometimes the news can't wait. I'm Dana Lewis, and I'll talk to you soon.